Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to the Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by Circle Graphics. Today's podcast guest is Jeff Rushton. Jeff is president and co-owner of Media Resources, an integrated digital billboard, sign installation, and large format printing business with operations in Canada, the U.S., and Asia. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you very much, Dave. It's a pleasure to be here. Jeff, talk about Media Resources and how it got into the out-of-home business. Well, Media Resources has been around since 1967, believe it or not. It started as a sign installation business in Canada, and before I joined, my business partners added in digital printing, Trivisions, 3D props, services mainly to the billboard business and the commercial sign industry. While we did a lot of Trivisions in the U.S., we really didn't sell our other products as we didn't have a U.S. sales force at the time. The company then bought a digital manufacturer back in 2010, and I left my tech sector job in the U.S. to join MRI as an equity partner focused on growing and globalizing the business. Hmm. I believe now we're in 37 U.S. states and all Canadian provinces, and, and and we've grown over the last eight years about sixfold. So it's been a it's been a good ride. Wow. Yeah. Well, interestingly, Dave, the one thing myself and my two two of my three business partners before joining Meter Sources, we worked together way back in the late 80s and early 90s in the billboard business. So did you three, really? You know, yeah, I worked for Gannett at the time. So yeah. What did um, you do when yeah. you were there, Jeff? I was CFO and CEO for Canada and yeah. then did a lot of the acquisition work for Don Davidson and the team down in New York. So it was, I, I love I loved the industry. It's just great people and it's great to be back, you know, quite frankly. Today, after that, uh, the out of home, we, we are selling services to most of the billboard companies in, in North America. And 2020 is really a focus on our international expansion. So very excited. <laughs> wow. Now, walk us through the steps of making a digital billboard from the very beginning to installation. What are the steps that you do to make a digital sign? Sure. The first and foremost thing on these digital boards really begins with engineering. You have to think through literally each and every component from the LCDs, the PCBs, the driver ICs, the molding materials, electronics, power supplies, etc., because if you don't spec the right components at each level, you're just not going to survive the effects of solar load and UV heat and moisture on your products. It just, mm-hmm. it just won't last. So that's mm-hmm. the first step. Second is material selection. You have to get those subcomponents from the right pliers or, again, you're going to have failures in the field. And then third step is module production, which takes the LEDs, inserts them into a computer PCB board, and through a series of steps puts them into a module mold that creates a finished module. That module then goes through a burn-in and acceptance testing procedure and then is kind of ready for that. Now you move into the kind of the assembly process. So that's taking, hmm. in our case, a custom aluminum extrusion system and uh, that we, we put together. It's weld-free for safety, so it uses bolt chases and rivet chases. We assemble the extrusion frame, aluminum face plates, aluminum doors into a cabinet, and then that cabinet is stood up and then we put in all the components, modules, power supplies, control systems, wiring, electrical, and the computing and communication systems. And then after that process, we do a multi-day testing and quality assurance before the product is shipped to the customer. Then a step that a lot of people maybe miss is for new markets or new customers, we send a digital technician who supports the installation process and trains the local technician. The actual installation now 
it's a pretty simple process. You know, it's about an hour for hmm. U.S. posters and 10636s, and it's a sub two hours for a 1448. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we'll train the people. Yeah, we do most of the manufacturing here in our Toronto facility, but I'm excited to announce that here in the second half of 2020, we're going to start also manufacturing in our Charlotte facility. Wow. Now, Jeff, I order a sign. How long does it take to actually make that sign? Are we talking weeks or days? That whole process, how long does that take? Yeah, so the lead time that, you know, most of the industry, including ourselves, are going, if somebody needs it, you know, we try to have a, we have a three to kind of a six-week lead time for standard product, like, you know, standard pixel mm-hmm. pitches, et cetera. However, you know, if it's a rush order, we've had we've had customers who've had boards that have been wiped out by hurricanes or or had lightning strikes, et cetera. So uh, in those cases, it, by the time you kit, go through the process and burn in, you theoretically can get it out the door in five to six days wow. if you're working on that first. Yeah, it, it, you need three days mm-hmm. after it's put together to do it properly. You need a three-day, two to three-day burn-in process. So that that's, quite frankly, you know, half of that time. <laughs> yes, and am I right? The typical deal is, in terms of cash flow and, and knowing how to pay for one of these, you need to give a portion of it when you sort of get in the order queue, and then the rest of it is paid when the sign's actually put up. Talk about that, because I think a lot of new people looking at digital signs for the first time don't realize that they need to have a little bit of capital put away when they order. Sure, yeah, they, that's generally correct. Now, yes. there's some really great financing partners that mm-hmm. are helping the industry and helping some of the independents with that. Yes. So ourselves and, and some of the other great manufacturers that I compete against, you know, we all have those options that we okay. can give customers. So that shouldn't be a barrier in today's yes. world. What is the highest profile digital sign you've installed? <laughs> well, that's a great question. We've done several. Um, mm-hmm. As I mentioned earlier, we've done digital billboards in 37 or 38 states, plus all the provinces in Canada and a few countries in South America. Mm-hmm. So besides the standard 1448, 10, U.S. posters, we've done some pretty exciting projects. So here in Toronto, we did a 30-foot high by 200-foot wide, three-sided curved 10-millimeter SMD project. Pretty, pretty exciting thing. Wow. Second thing we did... The second example, I guess, would be in Niagara Falls at a casino. We built on the side of the building a 112-foot-tall, three-sided, full-motion video display. Mm -hmm. And we also installed that uh, because we are a big install team. And that would have to be put up in 99 sections because it was on on a roof, so you couldn't get a crane in there. So it was a pretty, pretty cool thing. And then... This last year, we put in the second largest sign in Vegas that measures 45 feet high by 176 feet wide. And interestingly, it's fully curved, and we yes. we rolled we rolled our aluminum extrusions. That big You're that whole kidding. big thing was put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy. So you roll the aluminum, and and then the little the little LED they're just attached to what is a rolled aluminum face. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Well, I'll show you some pictures offline, yeah. but it, it was pretty right. exciting. We're doing a lot of work in the kind of the spectacular field now, as well as standard mm-hmm. billboards. Mm-hmm. This coming year, if all things goes well, we'll have one of the largest projects on the East Coast and one of the largest projects on the West Coast as well. So, we're seeing a kind of a trend to not only the standard standard projects, but we're seeing a lot larger spectacular mm-hmm. type market come our way. And given the way this extrusion system goes together and pieces. Hmm. It's, a, it's a pretty unique proposition for us. Now, you've been leading the charge for standardized digital billboard modules. 
talk a little about that and why that's important. Bill Rep was a friend for a long time when I was in the industry. Mm-hmm. Came to us many years ago, and they wanted to drive for the industry a standard module size. 400 millimeters or 15 and three quarter inches. Hmm. Hmm. And the purpose of that was if we could get all manufacturers to leverage a standard size, Mm -hmm. therefore when advertisers and agencies buy the product, basically they they know exactly what they're they're going. They don't have to stretch artwork. They don't have to do that in some standard industry sizes. You think about every other industry on the planet, Mm -hmm. there's standards. Right. Totally embrace and support this. We, yes. You know, we talked about this at OAAA. We talked about this at IBO. Mm-hmm. I totally support this direction for the industry. What that will also mean for customers is at the end of the day, if they buy a product from us or one of our competitors and it's a standard size product with standard mounting and they're not happy with, mm-hmm. with us, they mm-hmm. can switch out to another supplier. I've got to think your maintenance crew is used to dealing with a consistent size now of a module. It just makes it so much simpler. How you store stuff, how you carry stuff, how your guys are used to working on stuff, it just seems to have huge benefits. Well, and the other thing too, this is probably about the largest size module that you can make and keep flat. And oh. so, but the interesting we're finding, we're finding is now that we've kind of optimized the system, we're finding it's also more efficient for us to build, which then results that we can start passing on some savings to our customers. Mm-hmm. Tariffs have been in the news a lot for the last several years. What impact have tariffs had on the market for LEDs? Yeah, you know, another great question. We, When we, that came in, we said, oh, no, this is really going to be bad for the industry. Well, mm-hmm. it really hasn't. We, and I believe our competitors, have seen the same thing. We haven't seen any slowdown really whatsoever. Yes, there's a couple of extra costs for some of the subcomponents. Mm-hmm. But generally, it's been business as usual here in, in North America with North American based production, mm-hmm. you know, in USMCA. So now if USMCA and other things didn't get passed, that would be probably a different thing. We generally think we're past the worst of it with some of the changes at year end between the White House and, and, mm-hmm. and China. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the issue is becoming less of an issue versus more of an issue. Let's take a break here for a word from Rod Rackley, president of the at-home division at Circle Graphics. Thanks, Dave. We're happy to sponsor this Billboard Insider podcast. I'm excited to be back at Circle Graphics and leading a team of really great people. We're on the move here at Circle. We acquired a highly regarded printer, MMT, last month. We're expanding our Burbank or iMagic operation. And we've recently invested several million dollars to upgrade our printer fleet with Flora digital presses capable of producing a 1448 in 20 minutes. Expect to hear a lot more from Circle Graphics. You know, it's true, we have an unfair advantage. We care more. And thanks to any customers out there that are listening, we really appreciate your business. Jeff, has the coronavirus had any impact on the LED or digital billboard market? Thus far, no, but we think it will. So we are monitoring this carefully. So regardless of who you are and where you're doing manufacturing, there are some components that are going to come from Asia. Chinese factories have been shut down for a month now. Wow. They're starting up, some of them yesterday, some of them next Monday. And they predict at this stage, I had calls on this today, mm-hmm. that they'll get to 50% capacity. So we don't know what that means. Now, we always keep, we you know do most of it here anyways, but we keep an adequate two-bin inventory system. So we're hoping we're not impacted, nor our customers are, but we'll have to monitor very carefully. One of the things that is really not well known, but when they're coming back to work, if there is one person 
in that factory that ends up getting the coronavirus, the entire factory and all the people will be quarantined for 14 days. Oh, my. So, yes, yeah, so you don't know where this goes. Again, it's a day-to-day monitoring process. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And even at 50% capacity, that's not a lot of capacity when you look at the total demand for LED units. Yes. Yeah. Now, a lot of, a lot of the LEDs are made outside of China, like Nietzsche, for instance, is actually in Malaysia. Mm, yes. So, some of, some of that supply chain, you know, will be, we won't, will be business as usual. Terrific. Digital billboard is a big investment, depending on size. You know, that can be anywhere from eighty to $150,000 a face, depending on the size of the digital board. How should a client think about life cycle costs for, for something that expensive? And it is also a, it's an asset where over time, the LED units and the, some of the some of the components will degrade over time. How should a client think about that and what they might have to replace and when when they buy a, a big digital billboard? Sure. And again, another great question. It's really for us what we see. If I was an end customer, there's it really bifurcates into two different markets: ourselves and uh, our kind of North American manufacturing competitors. Mm-hmm. Generally, you're trying to drive to a higher quality product. You know, with your with a proper selection of components, including mm-hmm. LEDs. You know, 10-year life is really not a big deal. Mm-hmm. However, there's many overseas competitors who are building products with much lower quality LEDs, much lower quality components that can cut that lifetime in half or less. We've seen some customers who, you know, went with a cheaper solution for, from overseas and come back to us, you know, within a year and a half or two years because their product failed. So, it's all, as I said before, it's all around this component selection. It's all around engineering mm-hmm. to make a long level. You can't, you just can't skip those mm-hmm. steps. Now, in terms of replacement components, a lot of the stuff, to, like you know, if you're using an aluminum box, mm-hmm. it's going to be good for decades. A lot of the power supplies have mean time between failure that are you know well into the the tens of years. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the modules and the LEDs that will you know, degrade first, and they'll just get dimmer and dimmer. And it depends, again, where you're at, whether you're in, mm-hmm. you know, heat all the time, whether you're in, you know, more temperate things. So that's really it. Jeff, would it be fair to say that then if I spend a lot of money on a digital board, because a lot of the components will last forever, maybe I've got to replace the modules. I've got to build that into my calculation at the end of this seven to 10 years or, you know, 100,000 yep. hours. I replace the modules, but it's not like I have to junk the whole sign. I can swap out and replace some things. That's correct. It's the modules. Okay. Yeah, computer computer systems. Another one because you'll be having end of life on you know on the the operating systems. Yes. And yes. then the other one is potentially power supplies, right? In sometime in you know for year ten to to fifteen. Okay. So the, the and and through a key thing for your audience to and we've been kind of espousing this too. You can't get away from preventative maintenance. Hmm. If you do a great job in preventative maintenance, you can extend the life of that display by one to three years because, the, you know, it's called the Hereni's Law of Electronics, that every 10 degrees Celsius or 16 degrees Fahrenheit, increase in temperature half the mean time between failure. So if you wow. keep the heat out of that system, you'll basically extend the, extend the life. There's a, you know, I don't want to mention the firm because all of our customers are great. Yes, the one, yes. one of our one of our larger customers have a very sophisticated preventive mm-hmm. maintenance program. They do once or twice a year, depending on the location. Mm-hmm. And they have statistically shown 
that they're getting one and a half to two years more life. Wow. So Wow. Now, how do I think about electric costs for it? Uh, when I convert a static board to a digital board, I'm assuming I'll use more electricity. Are we talking a lot more? I know boards have gotten more efficient. How should I think about that? I think the way you look at that is, yes, you'll use some more electricity for sure. But the average, if you talk to the average person who's converted from static to digital, yes, they're seeing a four and a half to six times increase in revenue. That yes. by far outweighs any small increase in electrical costs. Okay. Lighting seems to be coming up more and more in digital billboard permitting hearings. It seems to be raised more and more by citizens groups and municipalities. You've got a really innovative product to mitigate light trespass. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, sure. Well, our chief product architect, Chang here, he's kind of a brilliant uh, young man. He saw this as an issue with one of our customers many years ago. So we basically had created a process called Vision IQ Sightline. And Sightline is a both a product and a process that where we take a location, we do a light study about what kind of dispersion you're going to have. We can all then say, okay, how far can we get light down in the certain areas? And then we write a report. We sometimes go to, go to the local council meeting. We bring a demonstration unit and show, show what can be done. And then if, there's, if it's authorized to proceed, we'll basically do a custom module that'll be optimized for that location and hmm. thus far, when we've gone somewhere and we've said we can do it, we have been 100% successful to, to mitigate light. Now, it doesn't work in all locations. We'll tell people that and we'll, we'll tell them. But it's been great. We've probably, I don't know how many we've done in the last two months, but our engineers have been busy flying and helping, helping our customers do this. So it's a great way, and it's a great way for the public, too. There's, mm -hmm. some good, good, there's been some good news stories that have shown a digital board, before Sightline and a digital board after site, like with our Sightline. And, it, you know, it's better for everybody. So if you get a digital billboard that's normal, do that. That's always mm -hmm. better because it gives you flexibility to move around. But if yes. you can't and you, it is absolutely, you, you really want that location, you can't get it with a regular billboard, Sightline is a good solution. We will link this interview to a video of one of your signs with this light mitigation technology. And it is astounding the way the light quality, when you go off the freeway into a neighborhood, the billboard appears dark. It's astounding the, the difference it makes in mitigating the, some of the light issues. Yeah, and Dave, we just, believe it or not, we just revved kind of another version of that product wow. to even tune it e even more so the roll-off and cut-off is even better than wow. that video. <laughs> Jeff, you've been a tech guy in your career. How will digital billboards be different? How will technology change digital billboards over the next 10 years? A great question. I think because we're, we're kind of taking a global platform. We have a, you know, we own companies in U.S., Canada, and, and overseas. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're just pursuing right now five international markets. So we've kind of looked at a global view of this. And here's what we see. Here in North America, I see a general movement to a standard module size. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a, I think that's a, as we, we talked about earlier, a very, very good thing. Yes. Second, 
We, in North America, typically use what's called through-hole technology, an individual red, green, blue diode. Mm -hmm. And that's perfect, and I don't really see that changing other than you'll use, instead of 20s and 16s, you might use 13s and 10s and other other technologies as tighter pixel pitch. We're seeing that, especially here in in Canada. Mm -hmm. But what I'm also seeing is digital becomes more accepted, and you can move into more urban environments, you're going to see more move to what's called surface mount uh, Hmm. products. So Mm -hmm. they have generally slightly better uh, image quality, better vertical view images, better on the side. So we're seeing that every other market in the world, Mm -hmm. like Australia, UK, Europe, et cetera, Middle East, they've moved to surface mount pretty heavily. So we see that as a happening. Wow. Another Another trend we're seeing, and that just may be because of some of the new extrusion systems that ourselves and other competitors have got. We're seeing more curved and more custom-sized hmm. displays. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something we've seen a big trend on. Mm-hmm. This next one is more transparent products for windows and buildings. It's That's big, especially in Asia. Mm-hmm. I'd say the last two weeks, we've quoted 18, 20 projects, and they're big projects here wow. in North America to do that. We're also seeing an, a movement to what we call fine pixel pitch outdoor. So as you know, transit shelters generally used LCD televisions mm-hmm. to project on the digital front, as did kind of outdoor malls. The problem is they just the basic design of those units, heat still is an issue. And you if you talk to the operators, they're you know, they're just not happy with the lifetime. So we're we're seeing, you know, kind of sub two millimeter outdoor becoming a real possibility here in 2020 yeah so and you know it's innovative and how you do service and so we're seeing that as a big move and then the last one we're seeing is on the indoor side so indoor is coming on strong you used to use led video walls lcd sorry lcd video walls Mm -hmm. led as uh, prices are a third of what they used to be it's Mm -hmm. becoming a much more much more open standard so we're seeing that for everything from transit systems to to malls, to around stadiums, we're seeing that as another opportunity for the bill, billboard industry to to make some monetization. You actually do some 3D printing of props. Are we ever going to see 3D printed billboards? So it is absolutely possible. So yeah. Chang, myself, and some of the business partners, we go to some scientific conferences every year to evaluate some of those technologies. There's four or five of them. It's not there yet, but... There's some, hmm. you know, I've seen it over the last three or four years. It's coming. Hmm. It's coming. Wow. Name a book or an idea or a person that has had an important influence on your career. Wow. <laughs> so this is so sappy. Sorry, I wasn't ready for this question. Um, I honestly, I'm proud to say this. I yeah. I would be my wife. I've, yeah. I've been with together with my wife for 34 years. I chased her for eight years as a 12-year-old before she'd actually date me. <laughs> true, true story. Uh, she's, she's been the guiding light. She's told me when I'm off, off track. She's, yeah. And she's always been there to support. So you know, when we you. made the decision here to, to move to New Resources, she was all there. And yeah, I would say that for Good for, me. for you. <laughs> Jeff, you're the founder and chairman of the Coast to Coast Against Cancer Foundation. What's that all about? Yeah, so I was in the tech sector living in Silicon Valley and uh, needed a break. And I rode across the country back in 2002 to raise money for cancer. And, and at the time, you know, my, my father's honor and stuff, we rode and we rode in honor of people. And all these stories came hmm. in from 
from families that had kids with cancer. Hmm. So then a friend of mine's kid got cancer the next year. We rode across Canada. And then it's kind of history from there. So we raised around, we've raised and given away $54 million over the last, through a series of active, healthy lifestyle events. So I've, I stepped back as the chair just because of, you know, the, what we're doing here at Meteor's Arses and the time commitment, but I'm still on the board and I still participate as a very passionate volunteer in many of the events. That's all for this week. Thanks for coming on the show, Jeff. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. This podcast was edited by Lucas Jones and sponsored by Circle Graphics. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider podcast by visiting billboardinsider.com or by subscribing to the Billboard Insider podcast on iTunes or any of the usual podcast outlets. Our email is billboardinsider at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple weeks.